We interact with people every day, multiple times a day, even via what can be disconnected interaction through social media. Sometimes we interact out of choice, sometimes out of four situations, and occasionally both. From childhood, we experience this within the dynamics of our families and family friends, whether we choose it or not. The ideas of introvert versus extrovert, shy versus vocal, or comfortable versus awkward start to develop through labels simply based on our demeanor, less the authenticity of relationship. And so here we are, wearing a mask that was delivered to us, not designed by us, let alone our creator, and our truest authentic selves. Vulnerable relationships with true transparency and face-to-face interaction are the starting point for the unveiling points of our mask. But it takes time, it takes trust, and it surely takes intentionality. Ultimately, it takes Jesus. Here I am, envisioning Jim Carrey in the mask, ripping the grip of the mask that hosts a transformative nature and tossing it to the side to embrace the truth of our identity. But how often are you picking up the mask? It's exhausting. It leaves you vacant. It leaves you unknowing of your true identity. Dr. McLeese is a licensed psychologist and sex therapist with her private practice, Fully Well. Yes, I did say sex therapy. You have to listen to learn more about the deets on this one. Just know, the masks also aren't welcome in the bedroom. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerlane Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. I'm so excited to introduce you. Hey. I feel like I just did this on the radio the we other did day. Just but <laughs> this is such a different audience, I think. Yeah. I didn't even listen to current FM um, much before understanding what genre of music. Ah, uh, yeah. It's really awesome in the sense that 90.7 she shared with me, which is what Kayla, everybody generally mm-hmm. listens to, is on the top 40 repeat over and over. Uh, and current FM pulls from even different decades into like brand new releases. And she does the shuffling, which is really cool. That is real. Well, that's why you hear the same music all the time on Kayla. Nothing against Kayla. I, I happen to have it on my radio. <laughs> exactly. As well. Your preset. <laughs> it is. So I have, I have like make three that I switch between. Yeah. One of them's a gospel station. I don't even know what it is. I just, yes. I switch it and I listen to it. 
much of the time. Yeah, awesome. Until I just I love to change that. the channel. Gets, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, next one. Right. Um, but yeah, so we just were on Kern FM kind of sharing about um, what you do, what we're doing together later this fall. But the point of the podcast wasn't really about any of that. It's right. for you to come on and share your heart and share the knowledge and the wealth of knowledge that you've brought into my own life and to many people that I know. Um, and you've just been such a light to me, such a guidance point. And anytime, by the way, she's my therapist in case I need to like tell you that you'll figure it out, obviously. But anytime I come to sit on your couch, like at first I remember being like so guarded and Mm -hmm. so unsure. And it was really just my own self, um, lack of self-awareness at the time. Um, but now I just, it's a place that me and Gary both just sit and like, (sighs) <sighs> and we're just so thankful <laughs> to be there. Half the time, I don't know, we're just conversating out of friendship. But <laughs> even still, you teach so well and you teach with such a heart of gold that comes from knowledge of your own, you know, experiences. And it's so evident. So I'm grateful. So grateful. I try to create a warm environment. You do. In general, actually just in my life, that's who I try to be. Yeah. Um, Maybe to my own fault sometimes, but (laughs) but I try to have a nice, warm, welcoming environment for for everybody that I'm around. Yeah, you really do. I was interesting. I know we've talked a lot about Enneagram. Um, I was talking today at work about Myers-Briggs, but I took a colors test. Have you done that one? That one one was really interesting and really great for like people that you work alongside. Yeah. Um, And so I'm blue and I don't even remember all the things of what that encompasses, but we got to guess, which I know you say like you shouldn't probably do that. (laughs) And you could tell some people took offense to some of the guesses. Uh, That's why you don't guess. Even in the color. (laughs) So it was fun, but everyone was like blue when it was my turn they knew like spot on well i don't know the color test enough i've taken it i don't even remember when that was it's probably been a year or longer maybe more than that Um, but i took it and i don't even remember what colors are actually available to be Mm -hmm. chosen from Mm -hmm. don't remember what color i was yeah but i also can never remember my myers-briggs type which is crazy yeah enneagram i got down it's only one number it's so much easier to remember (laughs) true i don't remember all the other stuff and people will tell me well you can probably figure it out right you can guess um what i know is anytime i take a test with extrovert introvert I'm yeah. straight right in the middle. Every really? Time. Yeah. Okay. I used to be. I used to be more on the introvert side. Yeah. And then I think just with owning a business, you have to be more extroverted. Yeah. So I've learned that side. But on test, I'm always like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. That's probably interesting to be. I mean, I can see the qualities of an introvert for like studying psychology yeah. um, <laughs> and why that that would be the case. But then being in front of people, and though it's really their space to be vulnerable, you're also super vulnerable right, and like sure. receiving and then giving insight to that and um was introvert like something you claimed yourself as young no okay (laughs) no no well I say that because I was called shy all the time Mm -hmm. as a child and I think it's pretty hard to see what someone's actual personality is when there's that shyness yeah so it's very very shy as a child um I actually I have this memory so my dad was a pastor is a pastor still and we would do these contests or <laughs> contests probably isn't the right word. Okay. We, were, we were given motivation to read the Bible all the way through. And if wow. you did so at the end, you like stood in front of the church and you received this little plaque. Nice. Um, so I did it. I read my Bible through as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I didn't lie about it. So I'm going <laughs> to say I probably did read it 
right through as a child. That's but then awesome. when I was called to the front, I, I wouldn't go. I was in tears begging my mom not to have to go because yeah. I never wanted everybody to see me. Right. But I wanted to complete the task, which is kind of funny. Um, so I had a lot of shyness as a kid. Yeah. And my parents actually say it was when I got the Holy Spirit that I wasn't shy anymore. Um, hey, I mean, that's my parents knew awesome. me so. all that time. So I guess they know. <laughs> the wow. It's just it. like a flip of the switch is what they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. They said I became like a little evangelist and was riding my bike up and down the street. How old was that? I was very small. I don't know. I I won't... I say got the Holy Ghost. What I mean is get like got saved, became oh, yeah, a Christian. Yeah. Sure, sure. Because um, I know there's theological differences in how people say that. So, yes. I mean, yes. I, you know, I became a Christian. I got saved. And my mom says I ran. I rode my bike up and down the street, yelling, wow. "I'm a Christian! I'm a Christian!" So <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> Naturally as a child. evangelical. That's <laughs> hilarious. And I guess that's when I became an extrovert. That's but, really cool. Yeah, but I do. I do kind of um, go back and forth. I think probably depending on how tired I am, sure. stress, um, sure, busy New work. People, comfortable people. people. Oh yeah, new people for sure. Yeah, that's something I'm really like weary about as a mom to like label my children because Waverly is absolutely on a scale of introvert and extrovert in comparison Mm -hmm. to her older brother, an introvert. And Cooper is absolutely an extrovert. But if you get Waverly by herself, she is just a ball of energy. She doesn't stop talking. I don't know where she gets it from. (laughs) And and she's she's not shy at all. But when she was really little, especially introducing her to somebody new, uh, we would easily just say like, oh, she's just a little shy. She'll take a couple minutes to warm up, like saying those things. And I don't even remember who specifically said something to me at some point. It might even have been you because we've known each other for so long at this point. And she was a baby at that time um, saying like, be weary of how you label your children Mm -hmm. because they'll take ownership in that label and then they'll claim it as who they are because they don't know any different. They haven't done this soul self exploration journey that we've done as we've gotten older older. Yeah. And so I've been really cognizant of being like, nope, she's actually not shy. Like, cause people say, Oh, she's <laughs> just shy. I'm like, Nope, she's not shy. Coop. Like she's just taking a minute to set right. to, to take it all in and see what's going on. Yeah. She'll come out. She'll say cautious. Hi. Maybe yeah, cautious cautious. Is better than shy. I think totally. shy has like the fear and the anxiety wrapped up into yeah. it where something like cautious is more of an awareness of your own environment. Absolutely. And just making sure you're not doing something haphazard. So, yeah. Um, then she's really smart, you know, because right? she's cautious. <laughs> right? So, and then it changes the whole perspective in right. one word. Um, we were just at a family reunion this past weekend for my grandpa's 90th birthday, which is amazing. And he, um, at the end, she, we have so many family members. And so she came across one of my cousins who's older than us. And he's got a nose ring and tattoos. And like from the outside looking in, you could be like, oh, he's a little bit intimidating, a little bit scary. Not. He's such a sweetheart. But he's like, hey. And immediately, you know, as a family member, we're like, oh, give Uncle Donnie a hug. And she just planted her feet like, nope. And so Gary, I like saw him sort of like nudge her forward. And I was like, it's okay. It's your cousin. Like you guys are family. And she just kind of looked at me like, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm like, how about like a high five or something? She's like, I'm not having Yes, yeah, not having it. So we get in the car and as we're driving down the road, I tell Gary, I'm like, babe, just to be aware. And it's something that I obviously did in the exact same moment, but in reflection, like we need to be cognizant of her personal space yeah. and the fact that because of her cautiousness, that's a good sign that mm-hmm. she's taking that in and she's saying, 
I don't feel comfortable and like not forcing a hug and not doing that. And I know you've suggested a couple books even for me and Cooper and Waverly to read about, you know, being able to say no and being Mm -hmm. conscious of your body. So something I learned from that book. I'm a big fan of not pushing kids into, um, like hugging when they don't want to, or, you know, I I don't like it because I think it teaches teaches people at a young age that you don't get to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like that idea. I think it's dangerous. Um, but I've found I can do the same thing too, yeah, you know, like sure. um, with my nieces or my, my nephews. Mm-hmm. And it's easy um, to get into that mindset where you're like, no, it's family. Go ahead, go give a hug. Right. And then later think about, oh yeah, that's actually a message I don't want to give kids. Totally. Um, so yeah, day by day, right? We're all yeah, growing and learning. But I do think it's very good to help kids know that they don't have to have touch if they don't want yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And same as adults. I mean, some people really don't like, I don't want to be hugged. Like some people aren't like that. And I I love hugs. I'll take an embrace at any point. (laughs) But even there are the times where you're like, oh, that was a little awkward. (laughs) Like that probably shouldn't have happened right then that way. So um, just being aware of that. (laughs) That's a church thing, right? Where everybody hugs even if you don't want to. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) I know. It's so awkward. It is so true. Though I did, I will say when I went to Parkway and people did that like the you know the welcoming committee at every single church well these mamas were just like you felt like you were in your grandma's arms and you I mean I was a mess when I first went to church like we went to church in a saved space um talk about like the holy spirit transformation I just feel like I completely opened myself um to women being one of those things I'd love to talk further about like that connection and that femininity component that altered within me um but I just, when they embraced me, I was just like, oh, you know, and I just felt melted in their arms. And, but yet in other church environments, I've been very like, "Eh," like, I don't know the authenticity behind it, which makes it harder where I felt like they were just like, come here, baby. I'll hold you, you know? And authenticity is so important. Yeah. Because it it, it feels gross otherwise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I'm taking notes because I always like to reflect later and (laughs) we were talking about so many things. So tell me about that kind of like flip for myself and help others understand because I feel like so often as girls, especially, you know, that middle school, high school, even college for me, claiming myself as like a a guy's girl and like, what does that mean? And it could mean a a multitude of things, especially from the history or trauma or Mm -hmm. anything of how they were raised, but recognizing the importance of like owning and coming into relation with, with your sisters. Yeah. You know, that's funny because I didn't get a lot of practice as a child with that. I had all brothers. Um, so mom yep. and dad, all brothers, mom and dad both worked a lot. So they weren't home as much. Um, I remember some mother daughter times with my mom, but for the most part, it was me and my brothers. Um, and they, they often would make sure I knew that I wasn't part of their boys clubs. Oh. So <laughs> kids, eh, kids will be kids. Sure. But I really longed for that relationship with my brothers, and I think I longed with it. I longed for it with guys just in general. Yeah. And so it has taken really, I would say, a lifetime to like, like <laughs> eighty or something. <laughs> it's taken so far in my lifetime. She has dentures in; you can't see them, but <laughs> I've aged gracefully. <laughs> so it it takes some time to yeah. facilitate those female relationships, um, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. Or 
for that happening because a lot of times girls can be a little catty. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. I wish that that weren't the case, but I find that we can be that way. Um, I would expect because it's we're just so highly emotional. Yeah. And so everything is emotionally charged and everything is relationally in charge. Yeah. Um, so it takes very little to feel like somebody is anti-me right mm-hmm. now or somebody's ugly toward me right now. Um, I don't think we mean to do that to each other. It's just yeah. communication sure. mishaps, misunderstandings. Right. Um Sometimes on the other side, jealousy and things yeah, like that. Sure. Um, but it's really hard to form those female relationships, I believe, um, which to me is a tragedy because I actually believe scripturally we should we should really be devoting ourselves to those relationships. Um, we don't see women having lots of relationships with men. Yeah. We see the woman with her husband and then we see the woman with girlfriends and with right. the older women that they're learning from and the younger women that they're teaching. Hmm. So we're definitely supposed to have this community among women. Um, I wish I had the answer of how to make that easier. Yeah, I right. don't have that. Come on. I, sorry. Can't help there. I don't know that I'll help there at the conference either. But, <laughs> but I think it's really the time that yeah. we spend together and the constantly trying to hear one another out and listen Listen for that heart yeah. that's speaking, not just the words that are coming out, and ask the clarifying questions. All the things I would teach people in counseling, yeah. anyways. Yeah, we learn how to, you know, how do we ask those questions of one another, um, and kind of let the guards down. I would say that's probably the harder part is that yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, I think that's a huge portion of it. And like I had mentioned, a bit of like the self awareness, self identity piece, and like being able to be comfortable enough in who I am and I'm still growing in that, but I remember feeling like, okay, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And, and having that switch of being like, okay, they're either going to accept me or they're not, but it's so exhausting to try and be accepted in the person that I was not. Right. If that makes sense, like trying to put on a front to be liked or to fit into a social so, so, the certain social section, yeah. um, you know, and so this is me. Yeah. And then when you are able to say this is me, you kind of gravitate towards people, yeah. and they gravitate towards you because they see that this is there's nothing there's nothing hidden here. Yeah. And I think that's where the caddy, that's where the jealousy, that's where oh she's perfect was something I was claimed over mm-hmm. so much when I was growing up, and whether. I think eventually it became something that I titled over myself, Mm. not because I didn't think I was perfect, but because I had heard it so much that I then put my own self, like I'm on this pedestal for everyone else. I have Mm. to stay there and putting that pressure on myself. And so just finally like being like, nope, I I can't stay there. I don't have the expectation for myself to be there anymore. I don't want to be there. It's exhausting. And how can I be on the same level playing field with all of my friends and sisters? And that was like the time where my hands were open, just like in relationship with the Lord, right? We try and clinch onto things. Right. And that's so good because, you know, we, we wear those masks. I think society teaches us to do that and presenting a certain face to others or presenting a certain appearance to others. Um, but taking off that mask, people want that so yeah. desperately. Um, you know, I called it vulnerability. You're calling it taking the mask off. I think yeah. it's kind of the same thing, though, totally. that just being real with people. Um, people are hungry for that, especially in today's world. Because actually, um, it's funny because we're on social media. But, <laughs> no. but so many people are using 
social media now actually in lieu of relationship. And so yeah. instead of facilitating relationship, they're doing social media. Um, I mean, I'm going to listen to this podcast later. I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. I do social media as well. So I don't think that it's something that, you know, we need to shy away sure. from. Um, but we still need to somehow find a way for actual real face-to-face relationship to yeah. going out to lunch with your girlfriends, having coffee dates, like actually spending time together, yeah. um, not just via text or social media. Because we actually, we lose quite a bit with that kind of a screen so connection. Much. It's just not the same. Like, there's actually, so we release chemicals even just being in close relationship yeah. with one another. And that's part of what creates that bonding. But you can't do that over a screen. Right. So you really just right. lose a part of the relationship. It's so true. And then you think about like bringing that into the sector of relationships with the opposite sex and eventually hopefully leading to marriages. Yeah online dating and app dating and like it really people can have full-on relationships mm-hmm. and what is the, what's the show where like they're fake it's like catfish or something like oh that would probably be the right name, yeah. it's like caught you <laughs> and like they're not even real like you see them and you're like oh i'm sorry i'm a 13 year old male and i was wow. disguising myself as a 27 year old female and wow. it's horrible but to think like the importance of coming to face to face with people, Mm -hmm. um, is, is in so many realms. It's like definitely become my love language. Like Mm -hmm. I want quality time. I want eye contact. Um, it's so important for me. Yeah. You know, it's actually even more important for women to have that eye contact. So as girlfriends, like like girls really need to do this with one another because it's actually, that's how we bond. Um, so Amanda woman, men and men, are side to side communicators, women are eye to eye, so it gets a little bit more difficult with man and wife being yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's their strengths have to change a little and they have to compromise and fit into that, um, you know, that new norm for a yeah. male female a male female relationship. But girlfriends really do well to have that eye to eye contact, yeah. Um, so, it's interesting because yeah. I know you're probably analyzing because Gary always talks about how he just wants my eyes. And it's so much harder for me when it comes to my spouse Hmm. to give him that time because I feel like in my home, I'm thinking of a thousand other things. The kids are there and he literally will like, like a puppy dog in the sweetest sense, not in a bad way at all. I love him dearly. He will like follow me around the house, like eager Mm -hmm. for me. I'm picking up clothes. I'm doing laundry. I'm like cleaning the dishes. Uh, and he's just asking me questions and answering questions. (laughs) And then finally he'll be like, I'll catch eyes with him. And he's like, Hey, (laughs) oh my gosh I'm so sorry how long have you been following me waiting for my eye contact and so I am really good at it with women because I'm intentional with the bubble of time that I put around it oh see there you go so you have a cutoff I do it makes it a little easier I totally know and so that is like such a value point and when we don't get like our date nights Uh. or our time that's like no babies and likely out of the home because for me at the house I just feel like a need to be I don't know, busy. (laughs) I don't know why that is. I'm other than when we're in bed, but that's a whole nother, you know, space that you're supposed to keep sacred. So I I need to be better with my spouse in that. Yeah, it's hard. Very task oriented. So it makes it, yeah, it makes it difficult. And anytime we talk gender differences, Mm -hmm. those are in generalities. So it's not always 100% across the board. These are, these are most men are this way and most women are this way. So that's something to remember too. So I'm not analyzing. (laughs) It's okay. I know. I always say that my other girlfriend who's a therapist, she's like, I'm not analyzing you. Like, I swear I'm just being your friend right now. Just having a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I leave that to your work couch, right? I didn't let you get 
get too cozy right. for a reason. <laughs> so I want to know, I know we kind of started in the backwards spin of like what you do now. And I'd love to hear more about like how that started and what like helped led you to the pursuit of, of helping people. You help a lot of different types of people, but I know marriage is one of the things that you. Yeah, I definitely do more of marriage than anything. You know, I don't know if that was accidental or okay. or if God led me that direction. I'm not sure. What I know is I started grad school, and I know that was a God thing. Yeah. Um, so I, way back when, gosh, when did I graduate? I graduated in 2012. Six years before that is when I had run into an old professor who asked me what I was doing. Um, I'm like, what? I'm a payroll person. That's what I do. And, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, no, you shouldn't be. You should be going on to grad school and you have what it takes. And so wow. I I basically just listened to him. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'll do it then. And wow. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. I didn't realize how difficult it would be. Probably good I didn't know because I <laughs> yeah. might not have done it. But it happened just at an ideal time in wow. my life where I knew that changes needed to happen. And I knew um, that I couldn't kind of stay in the routine and in the place yeah. that I was in. So I knew it was good to change. Um, so I started going to Regent. That's where I got my doctorate of clinical psychology. And while I was there, you they they kind of consider it Vita building. Okay. And so it's a good idea to build your Vita, build your resume, yeah. get lots of experience in different areas. And so there are tons of research groups. And if you saw my Vita, it's kind of funny because I have, I don't know, 20 different research groups that I was a part of cool. um, in very small capacity. But the one that I did most of was a research group specifically working with couples. And it was looking at, does Christian counseling counseling benefit people more than traditional counseling without the Christian Interesting. Um, yeah. aspects. Yeah. Um, the, the actual research, research shows that it's not really a difference. If the people are Christians and they seem to do better with that Christian integrative approach, right. if they're not, they do fine with the other approach. Cool. So it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, now those aren't long-term studies, so sure. that's, you know, short-term 10 weeks. What do we find out? Sure. <laughs> so, sure. So, whole lot that could be said yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But of course, I could, I'm following you. <laughs> right. But I, I did that for four years, I guess. I was involved in doing more um, more of the marriage, uh, more of the couples therapy type stuff. At the same time, I was seeing clients early on in my second year who were having sexual-related intimacy concerns. And so that led to the sex therapy piece as well. Right. So I, I did those in conjunction with one another, but the sex therapy piece I did in Atlanta that was not at Regent. Okay. Um, they don't do that at Regent, so it's okay. a separate certification. Cool. Um, but all of that came to pass, I, I think, because of the research area I got interested in. Yeah. Now, there's background stuff in, in my own life and sure. in marriages in my family that led me down that track too. Okay. So I wouldn't say it's just Regent and I got interested in a research sure, group, sure. but that's the one I really uh, kind of dove into cool. uh, face first, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed it. That's um, really so, great. Yeah. I and so you've been was... practicing for how many years now? Uh, let's see if, well, if you count under supervision, that would yep. have been since 2009, okay. so about a decade. Wow. Um, I know, it's crazy. That's crazy. Time you still don't look flies. old enough for all I of know. that. Thank it's you. so lovely. <laughs> I just turned 40. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Okay. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. That was good. Well, that was a couple of months. Oh, gosh. Oh. That was March. That was <laughs> oh, that's bad. I'm <laughs> sure I wish you happy Man, birthday. Man, time really flies. So a few <laughs> months ago. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll still say it. Happy birth year. Thank you again. <laughs> Big four zero. So were you... When did you meet your husband? Were you married while pursuing, like, learning about 
Yes. Okay. We, we met in, this is funny, we always have a hard time remembering exactly when we met. When we started dating, we disagree a little bit on that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know it was sometime <laughs> sure. before my birthday, okay. before I turned 30. So we started dating, I want to say during the first year that okay. I was at Regent. Okay. Um, so we met pretty quickly while I was there, started dating, and then got married at the end of my second year. But I know we were only dating for like a year and some odd months. Wow, um, yeah. That's, so you yeah, knew. So we, we got married quickly. Well, everybody said it was quickly. To us, it, it didn't right. feel all that quick, but I we spent that. a lot of time together. Sure. Um, our first date was like the hardest interview you'd ever been to. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> from you or was, from him? No, from him. Oh! Um, he asked a lot of questions. Um, so for you guys that are watching, my husband and I are into, in a biracial marriage. And so there were a lot of questions about that, what that would mean for my family and if this was going to be acceptable. So, Wow, um, on a first date. Yeah, our first I date was that. pretty pretty amazing, actually. Cool. And, I mean, we spent a ton of time together the first date. Um, but it was all, it went really well. Yeah. And it wasn't that weird butterflies in the stomach. Oh, we're so attracted to one yeah. another really well. Like it was this actual um, emotional and intellectual connection. Yeah, I was going to say that's see. so deep. Yeah, we basically, I think we both kind of came to the table of, look, we're not going to play games. Wow. We're not going to mess around here. So I need yeah. to know, are you, you know, are you worth my time? Yeah, totally. And, and that worked well. You it know, it's well interesting. And I feel like more people, especially as I've gotten older and my friends have obviously aged alongside me, some who are single, seeing the way that they date is so much different than how we dated when we were in you know college and yeah. high school. And, and that is something that I've ha- had friends do. Like they're like, I am not, I am not in this for just like hanging out. Like I really want to know and I want to pursue this person in such a different way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to do that until I was already married, yeah. which I then got the opportunity to do because I feel like I'm in a constant pursuit of Gary now. But I wasn't when we were like first got together. It was just right. that it was all about the butterflies. It was all about the feelings and the emotions. Right. And he's hot and we look good together and we have a lot of fun and similar yeah. interests. And there was obviously depth to it. We right. wouldn't have, we were together for four years. So before we got married. So that was a very different duration of time. Yeah. But um, I really feel like the, the flip of the, the script for us was when we realized this might not last. Mm. For me specifically yeah. and how are we going to make it work for the longevity of our lives because eventually feelings run out right. eventually emotions change and that dwindles and so how do you reignite that ember when you feel like you already know everything there is to know yeah yet we i learned something new about him every single day now because my mind and my heart are opened to what's there right right well and the more you know yourself the more you have to share with your spouse as well so, so if you true. if you're gaining awareness which i think all of us should do yeah. constantly gaining that awareness or even becoming more like christ and mm-hmm. learning from learning from the lord um, all of those things create these new dynamics that you can then share with one another so yeah, you so will good. spend the rest of your life getting to know one another yeah. and that's not because you're married so you spend the rest of your life getting to know each other. Yeah. That's legit true. You will wow. spend the rest of your life growing together um, and learning more about yourself, hopefully, and yeah. then learning more about one another. Um, it, I mean, it's a journey we're on together, which Absolutely. is really fun. It it's is. a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not a one-stop shop, right? Yeah. When you yeah. start dating and decide to get married, like you don't 
you don't know what you're getting into, really. Yeah. No, <laughs> Which is no, probably you good. Don't. I don't think it's, we're supposed to know. Yeah, true. Again, like just like your um, grad school experience. Yeah. If you know, yeah. then are you going to do it? Are you going right. to pursue it in the same way? Like with the same like, hey, this is what we do. This is the next step. Exactly. And nobody can even like really speak into that. So I had the opportunity to, um, um, what is it called? With my first wedding, I was going to say ordain. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. it. Um, facilitate. Uh, not facilitate. Officiate. <laughs> I couldn't even think of the word. I'm like, ordain. That's not it. Officiate my, my cousin's wedding yeah. a couple weeks ago. And, and congrats you know, on that. Oh, that's awesome. So, such a special, special thing. I'm so honored to have mm-hmm. done it and hope to do it again because it was just to be on that side of this ceremony versus mm-hmm. in the pew or even the bride. Uh, felt really just so different. It was oh, wow. definitely an um, existential experience. But um, <laughs> to be able to share with them, only having been married at that point for seven years, 11 together, like how can I speak into this? And it was really just a God-ordained time for him to be able to share what he's done through my own marriage mm-hmm. versus my giving any insight. Because just like we could read a thousand marital books, yeah. it's not going to be the same for you and your spouse. Right. They're just all different. Every storyline's different. Yeah. And you've, I think you've said it before and you'll say it best even here, but you talk about like how our relation or like our upbringings Mm -hmm. are then like brought together. Explain that again. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have your story that you've already been creating from childhood Yeah. and people speak into your life and they help you create that story sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. Yeah. And, And each of you are doing that. So you and Gary both did that as you were growing up and then you meet one another and you start rewriting a brand new story together. Yeah. Each of you with your background. So there's these pieces. It's almost like if you were, if you were reading a book that was maybe a trilogy and so you're yeah. reading one story and then as you learn each other more, you're finding the background of each of the characters in this main story and you just okay. continue to grow. And so as we learn more about each other's past, um, and it's interesting because when you're married for long enough, you kind of think, well, yeah, I've shared my past with my spouse. I mean, they know everything there is to know. Totally. But the more you get to know yourself, you can have aha moments where mm-hmm. you're, you're like, wow, gosh, that that actually reminds me of a situation with my dad. That yeah. reminds me of a situation with my brother or whatever it may be. And yeah. so you can sit in that place and then bring new awareness to your spouse saying, oh, I get why we had that argument the other day. Yeah. You're right. You said nothing wrong, but this is why I got hurt. And, and yeah. it reminded me of this instance. And you have this new chance to kind of grow um, but through all of that you're you're building your own story we don't yeah. know how it's going to end I mean, yeah. we we don't know what's going to happen in the next week month year yeah decade yeah. of your life and so, so there'll be true. a continuing building of your story yeah. um, i always think it's really beautiful to watch couples that have been married you know 50 or 60 years and yeah. maybe they're in their 70s or 80s and they're talking about life together and how to maintain that loving bond and sometimes yeah. their advice is silly and cute and, and sometimes it's just this really simple message of just make sure you love each other yeah and that's really what it's all about writing that story totally. it's about loving each other really yeah. well over and over again okay wait hold up Before the episode continues, can you do a mic drop before the one-liner? I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm here to tell you about my girl Morgan with Heart Designs. Part of my passion is helping to illuminate the gifts within others. And this girl, y'all, she's a superstar. When it comes to all things digital marketing, from my PDF freebies to my website to logos or even event publicity, she's my go-to girl and she can be yours too. Go check her out now at www.heartdesigns.org. I mean, really, this podcast wouldn't even work if I didn't have her. 
Don't waste another minute. She'll be the mic drop to your dream. I know from experience. Well, I know that you have helped us learn to love each other more. And I feel like that's a weird thing to like, it's like there's a triangle, but really the triangle is with, with the Lord because you helped steward that relationship even as a married couple, even though we were in the church as well. But you have your Better Than the Honeymoon yeah. Facebook group that is so awesome. There's like 200 people in there. Isn't there a lot of people in there? Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know how many. Yeah. There's a lot I of people more in than there. that. Yeah. There's many some... more than that. Yeah. Who knows? Regardless, every time that I get to chime into there, because of course there's a thousand Facebook groups, just like right. there are a thousand research groups. Yes. Um, whenever I chime in there, I'm always so grateful. I've, I've pointed so many people to that resource because it's a free you. opportunity for people to really learn more about you, but mm-hmm. then learn more about their spouse. Yeah. And when you ask very deep questions to a group of a lot, yeah. uh, you, you see people be truly vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing to watch strangers. Sometimes, you know, the person, because I've, I've put friends into that group yeah. that I know could use it. And it's just really, it's been really helpful. So I definitely want to point people to that. Um, what is your heart behind like that specific experience? Cause I know you're doing kind of a bunch of different fun things doing, right now. I'm doing several things. That's yes, true. Yes. Trying try to uh, put focus where it needs to be, which sure. is really hard for me, yeah. uh, but I'm trying. Um, so the Better Than the Honeymoon group, what's funny is people a lot of times think that has to do with sex and that's what they're expecting it to be. Um, that wasn't really what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I said I that. Haven't thought but of I that. can I can see where people would come up with that and that would be kind of the idea. Sure. Um, but it's much more holistic than that. Right. So better than the honeymoon. Um, when we get married, it's kind of funny. Actually, I just talked to some friends of mine. Um, they've been married thirty years. They just celebrated the thirtieth. Oh, wow. yeah. And um and they were they were renewing their wedding vows. And oh, so they were saying it was just this beautiful experience because they were able to renew those vows and and now they know what they mean. Yeah. So like before when you're standing standing up there and we talked about it together, how funny it is. Cause when you get married, like you hear all these people's advice and the yes. things they say, and some of it's really negative and you're looking at your person yeah. and saying, not us though, <laughs> because we're in love. Like yep. this won't be our lives. We're going to be good. We don't fight. We get along. Yep. Um, and, and it's true. And it should yeah. be true. Yeah. <laughs> when you're getting home, married. Right. <laughs> right. But then something happens over the years and you know, we, we can have a tendency to grow apart. We frustrate one another Yes. Iron sharpens iron, so there's a refining process that's mm-hmm. going on. It's from the Lord, and yeah. we just we have a hard time sometimes in relationship yeah. with others. You're not really doing a relationship actually if there's not some friction there every right. once in a while. It's good. Um, so we have to we have to learn how to get through that. So that better than the honeymoon is learning that that um, that moment that first week of if bliss that comes yeah. where you're like the 10 of your one to 10 yes. scale that first week is good but it is it's not at all what the standard should be for your mm-hmm. marriage it's it's just a picture it's a snapshot of the many years that you'll have together yeah. so the better than the honeymoon speaks to that if this is you know the continuing to grow the continuing to build a life um, together that you really love and continuing to build on your relationship that yeah. far extends that honeymoon period yeah. um, even as therapists we call it that we call the honeymoon period lasts about 18 months, typically anywhere from six to 18 months where people, all, all of your hormones are kind of going nuts and you're releasing all these endorphins. And so you feel really connected and close and eventually those die down and they have to always joke with people. They have to die down or neither one of you are are ever working again and you don't have a life. You can't pay your bills. So they need to die. 
die and you need to go on living a regular life, yeah. but still being a part of one another. And so after those hormones die down, we have to learn a lot more about commitment yeah. um, and making it about more of the connection because we know we need it, not necessarily because we're filling it in the moment, sure. um, but always facilitating that closeness. Mm. So you may not have the butterflies anymore, but you have something so much greater yeah. um, because what you have is real and it stands the test of time and it's a much deeper commitment. Yeah, that's really good. And then there is the piece that everybody's wondering about because you did mention <laughs> sex and your sex therapy. I am. So that, I do want to get into the nitty gritty of that sure. too. And honestly, Gary and I haven't had the opportunity to like fully just dive just into that because <laughs> wow, has our life been something mm-hmm. in the last three years. But I was actually thinking about, this is really weird, in the shower the other day when I was thinking about our um, our time together for the podcast. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I next time... Like, and I want you to hold this as a social contract right here. Next time we sit across from you, I really want to just like shut out all of the other things because all the other things will still exist. But it is at the end of the day, just Gary and I, when we turn off the lights, when the sound machine comes on and the kids are asleep. And so if we we need to focus in on that more, and I know that it's a fault of my own and, um, I'll carry that myself and Gary can carry it however he does. But I know that. I allow life to affect that part of our relationship and yet it's so important. Um, and you know, you talk about the differences between man and women Mm -hmm. and, and what they need versus what we need and how we give. And you told me a visual example once that I'll never forget. You said like, when it comes to sex, guys have a a big red button (laughs) and when it's time for sex, it's just like, here's the red button but for women there's a teeny tiny red button and there's all of these different wires leading to that button and you have to figure out which one to get to in order to like for the guy to say is this the way today no don't touch me okay should I be silly and joke around and be playful no stop okay am I supposed to give her a lot of foreplay like what what is it and the poor guys they have all this they have all this reading to do because of our emotions but tell us about like and I don't even know where you start in that, but yeah, that, okay. That's a lot. That's true. So I'll give kind of a general overview of what sex therapy even is, mm-hmm. because I know people wonder about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I actually have an article on my blog. Okay. Am, am I able to advertise that? Yeah, please. I am. Okay. So be fully well.com. Yeah. And um, you can actually look for a blog there called What Really Happens in a Sex Therapist Office. Cool. And um, and that's really helpful. There's also actually an entire tab just for sex therapy that you can go to and, and see cool. really what it is, what it's all about. Okay. Um, so I do want to point out it is talk therapy. Sometimes people don't know. I have had some extremely odd requests through email. When I get those, I'm like, hey, check out this article. <laughs> Tell me if you have any questions. Oh, God, so I can only is, imagine. <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is talk therapy. Um, there's a lot of psychoeducation that goes on in, in place. And the only reason sure. it's called psychoeducation instead of education is yeah. because it embraces the psychological aspects as well. So we talk a lot about um, human behavior and just how men and women are different. Again, with those ideas that that those things are just generalities. And so sometimes we'll find crossover there. So we, we do a lot of education. Sometimes there's referrals um, for more serious issues mm-hmm. that might need other care. Um, for instance, I've worked with lots of women that have pelvic pain mm-hmm. problems, and that requires a referral to someone um, typically who I use as a pelvic floor therapist that I love here. Cool. Um, and so I use her often, get great reviews from her. For her. And so that requires kind of a team effort. Um, There's numerous other things that may be that way too. Infertility can be one. So they're probably going to be seeing a doctor 
as well, talking sure. to me more about the emotional connection during mm-hmm. those times. Um, so sex therapy is actually this huge, huge, broad range. Yeah. Um, anything from couples saying we just for some reason can't connect, even though we want to, we never make time for sex, but we want to, and it's somehow not happening for us. Yeah. Um, so it can be something as simple as that, um, all the way up to things like uh, gender identity, all the way up to things like um, pornography addiction or affairs, yeah. Yeah. Um, infertility is definitely one. I think I already mentioned that though. Um, desire differences between couples sure. can be one. And then I said the pelvic pain, yep. that's one that can be a problem for people too. Yeah. Um, I've had a few men come in for erectile dysfunction. Yep. Um, and if it, if it's medical, that's always, you know, you got to take care of the medical piece as well. Sure. Um, but some men find that actually it's more emotional based, trauma based. Interesting. Trauma would be a separate piece. Also sure. talking sex trauma or sexual sure. trauma. Um, healing and recovery from that, especially inside of the relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's a really broad, yeah, there's broad, so broad much topic. To that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what I do is I do Christian sex therapy, right? Um, which is different from sex therapy in general because I do use the Word of God as my base and my foundation. Um, so everything's going to be going back to those types of teachings and to using more of a biblical construct. Yeah. Um, I have had people come see me that want nothing to do with the Bible, and that's sure. fine. I'll still yeah. work with them. Sure. Um, but I really do, deep down in the core of who I am, believe yeah. that we actually have to have that integration with what Christ says is best mm-hmm. um, because he's the one that created sex. Yeah. He's the one that created um, our bodies, and so we really need to heed God's Word. Yeah. in that area of our lives or we're probably not going to enjoy our, our sex lives the way we're supposed to. So good. Can you give us like even scriptural, not necessarily reference because I'm horrible at that, so I would <laughs> never put you on the spot. But, um, you know, like what does God say about our sex lives? Yeah. Well, first of all, we got to remember that our sex lives are God's. Yeah. Um, and they're not our own. Actually, I have a, um, an, a, col- a colleague that will say um, to the men, your penis is not your own. It belongs to God. Women, your vagina is not your own. It belongs to God. Um, but the idea behind that is we're always supposed to submit our bodies to yeah, Christ. Yep. Um, and so that includes the way we pursue one another and the way we talk to mm, one another and the good. things we ask of one another. Um, so I have kind of an entire theology of sex that I yeah. talk about that has to do more with um, mutually beneficial behaviors. Um, so yeah. for if one spouse wants something that the other spouse says, actually, that really shames me. Yeah. Um, that spouse isn't allowed to say, well, it's my marital do It's my well, marital yeah, right. right. It is not, yeah. actually. That's good. Um, your, your marital right is to give yourself to your spouse and to right. love them completely and fully. Um, so that's your marital yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so the whole idea behind sex is really learning how to do um, to do sex in a way that honors God. So mm, is this something that you could um, that you could pray about? Is this something that you can go to God and say, hey, I would like to have this in my relationship with my spouse? Yeah. Um, because if it's something you would try to hide from God, um, guess what? Yeah. These things aren't hidden. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Right, so, um, right. So we just want to do that according to his word and make wow. sure we're loving each other. Um, a lot of times people want a whole list of do's and don'ts, but yeah. it's really not as simple as all that because, sure. um, yeah, I mean, we've already talked trauma. If you have trauma yeah. in your background, don't there may be things that would be perfectly fine for one couple that aren't yeah. for another couple. Sure. Um, so it's really, it's, um, it's dependent on the couple, but it's also dependent on the word of God. And yeah. so everything that we that. think we might want to do, we have to look at, is this something that I would be ashamed to stand before God and, yeah. and say that I've done? Yeah. Um, if so, that should be a red flag yeah. for you. Um, so anything we do should be honoring wow. and loving one another. I mean, that's the whole of scripture, right? Yeah, We're constantly absolutely. supposed to love others. Yeah. Jesus himself said, they're going to know who you are by the way that you love. That's yeah. how they're going to know you're yeah. different. Jesus was different because of the way he loved. Yeah. Um, 
you know, besides being fully God, sure. <laughs> fully right. man, right. but he showed people he was different yeah. by his love. And we've yeah. got to do that in the marriage bed as well. Well, I think, you know, I always talk about like the mind, body and soul piece. And that's kind of where fit and faith was born is that the body is, it's not just like within the bed. It's what are you doing with your body by yourself? And so, and I'm not speaking of masturbation. I'm speaking (laughs) of like, how do you fuel yourself? And like, um, you know, what, how are you, you know, eating? Mm -hmm. What are you drinking? What are you doing from a conception standpoint? Mm -hmm. Are you working out? Are you moving? Are you sitting? I was at the school working today and I had to be in a chair from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. other than for bathroom breaks because we had to sit in lunch. And I, at some points I just stood up. I'm like, I'm just going to stand here. I'm in the room. I'm listening, but I cannot sit here. Yeah. And, and afterwards I told my husband about it and he's like, babe, that's like 90% of the population. Like that's yeah. what they do. And I'm like, that's horrible. I and I, I cannot confine myself <laughs> to that. I need a standing desk or one of those yoga balls to jump right, on. Right? right. But it is, it's so important for us to be cognizant because if you're not treating yourself individually, mm-hmm. well, your body, well, just speaking of the body, how do you think you're going to feel when you come into that sexual intimacy with another person who now sees all of you Mm -hmm. and you're expecting to like perform or expecting to be loved or expecting to be confident in that when you're not even confident by yourself in the mirror. Right. Um, and that's that's a hard thing, but it's so important. It's so huge. That's actually, that's a part of what we do in sex therapy anyways, is look at some of that. And because if you're not taking care of yourself physically, you're going to have a harder time in the bedroom. It's just true. Um, I, I know bodybuilders, I guess I can call them that weight trainers, right. Um, that'll say definitely when they and their spouse are healthy, they're going to have better sex. Well, it's true because you, your self-confidence goes up, but even beyond that, just having more energy is important because all of us are so busy during the day. And if you don't have energy at the end of the night, you're probably not going to want to have sex or it's going to be very, um, like quick and, and, not really all that intimate. Connected, and so, yeah. yeah, so that is important. How we treat ourselves absolutely yeah. Um, absolutely has an impact on our yeah. sex lives. And it's interesting because people, um, even when I was on vacation last week, I entered into a 50 burpees for 30 day challenge. Yes. And, um, I haven't done them today. I'm thinking about it as we're saying this. And so I'm on vacation and, you know, people, some people take vacation to a different extreme, like, Oh, I'm on vacation. I'm going to relax this week. Well, I'm on vacation. I have free time to work out whenever I want. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. So we would be walking on the beach and like, let's bust out some burpees and the other people with me probably wouldn't have used that word. They're like, you're crazy. (laughs) What is wrong with you? And at the end of the trip, one of my girlfriends, um, who I love dearly, she said, I admire your energy. Like I wish I was more like that. And I truly believe it's like, um, as Gary would utilize the um, reference, like a snowball, like you start small and you're not expected to do 50 burpees for 30 days in a row. Mm -hmm. But when you work out to a certain extent and you do build on it, that snowball becomes so big to the point that you're like, I want to do this. It's got to roll. I can't not roll. I can't not flow. I can't not work out. I can't not because I know the endorphin high that I get that then trickles into my relationships, into my passion projects, Mm -hmm. into my kids. Um, It's just, I think it's so important. There's so much to it. It is. You're doing 50 burpees a day. 
for 30 days. Yeah, girl. In my head, I heard 50 burpees in the span of 30 days. I'm like, that's like less no. than one burpee a day <laughs> or less than two burpees a day. No, <laughs> 50 a day. And when I skip, I owe 100. Wow. And well, I'm don't telling skip you, twice. I'm on like 17, day 17, I think. And I can tell a difference. I've wow. seen these transformation pictures and I'm doing it with a big group in the area of VB Burpee Babes, <laughs> hashtag wow. wherever you are. Gary's, there's some men, some of the husbands are a part of it. Um, but I, I feel so motivated because they're, they're, she's like, has a spreadsheet. She's like, wow. where's so-and-so? She didn't show up today. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dang it. It's 1030 at night. So last night I was after my wow. core meeting, 1011 at night. And I was like, I have 100 burpees because I didn't do yesterday. Oh and goodness. the sound of 150 burpees oh, tomorrow yeah, no sounds horrible. So I busted them out. I felt great about wow, it. Wow. Way to so go. So challenge people to just go <laughs> that extra step. They don't have to do that necessarily. But even like my mom said, she's been, she challenged herself to walk four miles a day or four miles a day for a week. Yeah. And she just goes out in nature. She's going to the beach and like, that's working out. That's moving yeah. your body. That's getting your heart rate up. That's freeing your mind. Right. It's so good. There's so many elements of working out. You don't have to be hardcore like that. Right. Well, and just to do something yeah. too, because having some movement, any movement is good for you. What's interesting is even our, like our bodies need that yeah. movement. Like all of our internal systems need that movement to stay healthy, but our yeah. bones need that as well. If yeah. we're not moving around enough, we can get things like degenerative disc disease. Totally. Um, I actually have issues with that because I have yeah. a job where I sit most yeah. of the time. Sure. Um, so yeah, I I have to move often. And you can stand when we're then there next. <laughs> March around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, drop and give me ten. We're trying to, to discuss right here. Fifty burpees. <laughs> it wouldn't bother me. I I understand. I like can't imagine sitting all the time. Yeah, I I move around as much as I can, but I do yeah. work out, so that helps it does, too. Totally. And, see a chiropractor yeah. that helps too. I yeah. love going to the chiropractor. Yeah, I know it's the best. It Though awesome. when I got a sleep number, I did not have to go to the chiropractor. Really? I am telling you it has been transformational for my Very back. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I sleep on like a five degree incline huh. and they recommend it. They technically recommend it as a snoring setting, which my husband yeah. needed. And I was like, mm, I'll try it. But it like releases the pressure off of your lower huh. back. It's Interesting. Literally, I went to the chiropractor since I was in seventh grade. Wow. All the way until the last October when we got a wow sleep number. That's crazy. It's an investment for sure, but absolutely huh. the best investment I've ever made. I'll make it back up in chiropractor bills. Yeah. Sorry, Dr. P. I love well, you. <laughs> your sleep is so yes. important too. Like, yes. I mean, sleep is incredibly important. Yeah. For it's a part of your libido too. Well, that's true yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I recommend getting sleep. I actually, I listened to a podcast today, yeah. uh, the broken brain and yeah. they're talking about sleep and I'm going to get a book 21, 21 ways to okay. better sleep, or maybe it's sleep Ooh, better. Cool. And then there's 21 techniques. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to grab that book and start implementing some of those cool. skills to make sure um, yeah. I'm sleeping well. It's we so need to important. do that. And I think women have an extremely hard time. And I hear, yeah. like, as you age, like, your melatonin levels it's go true. down, so it's even harder. But, you know, we go to sleep and, like, the the comedian, there's a Christian comedian who talks about the guys who have, like, the, the nothing box in their yeah. head. And, like, Among we... Yeah, 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 you know. So we go to bed and, like, my brain is, like, moving a million miles yeah. a minute about my day, about what's to come of the next day. Mm-hmm. And I look over and Gary's snoring. I'm like, 
How do you do that? Brain scans show that too. So brain scans show that a man at rest, his his brain actually has very little activity. Yeah. And women at rest, ours is firing up. Like yeah, it's ridiculous. So we, I don't know how you can call that at rest, but that yeah. is what they say. Like when we're relaxed and, and at rest, our brain just kind of goes nuts. It's crazy. Um, it's hard to calm it down. That's true. Yeah. I've been yeah. drinking magnesium. Is that going helping? To bed. It is. I, well, I I've only been me. doing it for about a week, so okay. I, I think I need a little bit longer period of time. Okay. To know if it's helping, but right. it also helps with joint pain, muscle soreness, okay. all of that. Okay. Um, and this morning, I didn't drink it last night. And this yeah. morning, I had knee pain. So I'm like, you know, I think there's maybe something I should too. be Gary doing always tells me to need magnesium, and I just don't. I'm like so weird about taking supplements, but I'm good at yeah. essential oils. Well, do do an Epsom salt yeah. bath, bath soak instead. Like, that's what I can yeah, do. soak for 30 minutes. And oh, um, I just heard lovely. actually, yeah, see, there I don't do that ever. There you go. It's prescribed <laughs> yeah. now. So you can, yeah, you can soak for 30 minutes. And if you put a little bit of um, hydrogen peroxide, your body's supposed to uptake nice. the magnesium better. But that's all Epsom salt is. is yeah, magnesium. sure, sure. Oh. Which I do love Epsom salt yeah. baths. Um, but I just started taking progesterone oh, yeah, um, yeah. and clary sage essential yeah. oils. Yeah. And I, I I mean, it's only been, like you said, yours is a week. Mine's like four days. But Yeah, it takes a little time. I, I'm telling myself that it's doing wonders. And it's hey, doing wonders. I'm telling you, so it the placebo effect is all you need, right? It's just like, mindset. Mindset. <laughs> right. I spent the money. It's going to work. It's going to work. There you work. go. I <laughs> uh, love it. So I'm excited. As you were talking, and I know we're wrapping up here because we have date night opportunities over here I need to get you to um I have this in front of us and you're not going to see it if you're listening to the podcast but um I want to share about the retreat coming up and how there are women coming that are single and so it's not speaking to them necessarily around the sex therapy concept but the concept of like owning our individuality and femininity Mm -hmm. and that component of sex like man versus woman um i am i haven't decided exactly what i'm going to title it but i think it's going to be something like i don't know sex talk something fun (laughs) something fun we'll have mocktails and and hang out (laughs) cookies from crumble who's a vegan gluten-free cookie company locally that you can order from amazing cool so it'll be a treat for the women in and of itself just to spend that girl time together but i'd love to hear like kind of what your heart is around coming for us yeah well it's really important for everybody to aim for sexual wholeness and you don't actually have to be having sex to have sexual wholeness um, because that looks different Mm -hmm. if you're single or if you're married yeah Um, but we're all sexually whole god created us as whole entire beings and so he has completed that work and he's still completing our work in a spiritual sense but he's created us as whole beings Um, when we have trauma and brokenness and sinfulness and other things that come into our lives then we have to work a little to repair those things and God does that work with us we have to have some awareness of what needs to be done so we can seek that from him Um, but that's more where the focus will be I've kind of had some thoughts already or where I might where I might be taking this but the idea really is that God is our all in all and when we really have that close relationship with him, these other things fall into place. Yeah. Um, if you want me to talk specifically about sex, I can totally do that yeah. too. We can do like a whole Q&A thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there will be people who will be intrigued by that because yeah. <laughs> I think what just what you said, like sex therapy, people have all these thoughts of like, what does that mean? How oh, does I that know. work? Especially um, as a Christian. Yeah. People are like, uh, do Christians do that? Right. Yeah, we do. <laughs> right. And like, do they have as much fun? It must be so boring. They can only yeah. do missionary. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> right. The Christian fun. Yes, right? Yeah. And so like, I do think that there's like so much validity in that and it gives women a space to 
be free yeah. knowing um, that one, that they don't have to carry their shame into the bedroom. That yeah. was a huge thing for me. Like, how do I remove myself from what mm-hmm. I feel by myself right. when I'm with the person that I want to be with intimately? And so there's just so many levels to that and yeah. like owning like who I am as a woman, who God sees me as, as a woman and like my purpose as a woman. And then how can I like honor my husband by, you know, our sexual intimacy. But people think honoring your husband is like, you have to provide, but it doesn't, it's (laughs) not like that when you're honoring each other mutually, there's such a give take that there's this symbiotic experience that then makes you feel completely whole. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited. I'm really excited about this, this segment specifically for the Mm -hmm. girls, because I don't think that you have access to, to openly talking about that ever. Right. No, that's definitely true. A lot of women don't have the ability to ever have those talks. Um, or if they do, they're, um, they're focused more on don't engage in sin instead of talking about things that would be helpful for relationships. Um, and that's really too bad because I mean, we know that teaching, I think that teaching is, is good. I mean, yeah. people still need it. Yeah. I believe me. I know people totally. still need yes, that, you do. but even, even beyond that, there's just so much more that needs to be there. And I think if we focus on all the things we can't do or shouldn't yeah. do or must not do, then we miss out on all the freedom that we actually have. Yeah. And that's an important piece that, um, that ladies need. Yeah. Well that, I mean, literally just that sentence alone is like the explanation of religion versus relationship yeah. with the Lord. Right. Exactly. Cause that is what religion is. That is what people see the old Testament mm-hmm. as. And we have this new covenant. We have this new opportunity to experience relationship with the yeah. Lord, just like we have the new opportunity to experience relationship in our marriages. If we can release ourselves from the, you must not, and you must do, Right. you know? So right. I, I appreciate that. It's definitely been something that's been mm-hmm very eye-opening for me in my marriage and I know for many others so (laughs) thankful and grateful and she's going on date night so I'm not holding you up but I know you have to get back on here to (laughs) to share more because I just know the wealth of knowledge that you bring to the table every single time and I'm excited so come out to the retreat on October 6th but before then jump on better than the honeymoon jump on befullywell.com to see all of the resources that she provides you and call her up if you need a sex therapist or a marriage counselor or any of the above. She does way more than that. Um, Better Than the Honeymoon is a Facebook group, not a website. Yes, correct. So jump on Facebook in order to get access to that. It is. Do you have to request access to that one specifically? Um, You do. You request access. I'll I'll grant that though. I just have to, I look at the pages first to make sure that... And make sure that it seems like it'd be a good fit that because I do talk about some um, pretty difficult subject sure. matters. So I try to protect my group that's in there and make yeah. sure there's not people coming in that I know are going to um, muddy the water. So that to speak. makes very much good sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want my like siblings in there or anything. That might be <laughs> well, weird. I don't know I if you can prevent that. For <laughs> any of I hadn't that. thought of that. I was thinking more. Um, like for instance, I had someone come in that then was trying to promote um, what Christians call pornography. I'm saying that in quotes and what? saying that it can be okay. Um, that person was taken sure. out of the group, but what? I try to really yeah. watch for that. So that's that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, yeah, I'm not moderating. doing any kinds of you know making sure that you reach some standard yeah, you know, to, of be course. to come in. It's really just to make sure that the group is protected. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here. I'm so <laughs> excited for our continued growth in our relationship and friendship, and I value you. Oh, thank, so thank you. you. I value you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. 
Hey y'all, I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.